Hi guys, it's Layla Cheek, and thank you for joining me on another edition of Ample Cuts, our justification. And once again, um, my memoir series of Hamlet Island. And I just wanted to um, document some more news that I wanted to share. Obviously, you know these guys are all about on colluding together and trying to kill me. Trying to interrupt me and make up fake court cases to um, essentially execute me because they have so many crimes against me. That no one wants to be responsible. And I have no crime. I'm absolutely innocent. That's how horrific it is. Um, and so with that, uh, I should mention this judge in Scott McPhee of uh, Georgia in the last Trump uh, trial. Um, literally ruled uh, a ruling on me as I was supposedly Trump. As I didn't even have to show up in this court, didn't know about it, wasn't subpoenaed in, couldn't even defend myself, had no right to attorney, and couldn't even bring my evidence or a right to defend myself. Scott McPhee ruled a condemning ruling on me, supposedly as Trump, in this situation, uh, based on sins in a church. But no crime based on sins. No kidding. This judge is new, he's young. He's only like 34 years old and he's only been here for like six months. I'm like, why would you take a bribe and condemn someone based on sin? Not no crimes. Sin. And this person doesn't even stand before you, doesn't even defend itself. You're rooted in, you're listening to her in the privacy of your home and watching her. And uh you pretend like I'm Trump and I don't even have a right to defend myself or advocacy. I'm like, I'm not putting up with that condemnation. I'm turning this guy in. And now they're trying to do it again in New York under this uh, Letitia James and the city of New York. And they're like, uh, this one said that I was Trump and supposedly his house, which is my body, uh, isn't worth anything. It's trash. And, and this guy, even when I seen that article, went on to say my, because my breasts were flat. Uh, because my breasts were flat, uh, Trump overvalued the price of my body. So I'm like, oh, this guy's going down too. Because I'm nothing but sexually harassing bigots trying to uh, play favorites here for uh, their, their racial pride. So now that one's going to this federal judge this week. And I'm like, well, I'm trying to, you know, get a hold of someone there. They're so rude. They won't let you get a hold of the state's attorney. They won't let you get a hold of the district attorney. They won't let you turn any evidence at the DOJ. They won't let you even state a case, a case of your innocence. That's how rude these people are. And they want to set all this up. And pretend like uh, Trump is supposed to be you, and he's supposed to pretend like your body's devalued or has no value. I'm like, okay, what ran your stock market all the time then? And you know what, God is like, you know what, you're not gonna send this guy pictures and show him that you're, you know, attractive, or show him that you're hot, or show him that, you know, oh, oh, look, uh, if my breasts were big, then I'm hot, or if my, my breasts were uh, a certain size, that would make me attractive. No, no, no. You'd be like, okay. That's cool. You know what? Uh, this guy has done nothing but uh, harass my breasts, scandalize my breasts, and especially in the church. He did nothing but make a mockery of my breasts. He told my breasts were flat and withered. You heard at the pumpkin patch yesterday at Raider Farms. They're flat, withered, they're squared, they're small, they're cranny breasts, they're worthless. No one's coming to look at your breasts, right? And this man had made that the public critic and relentlessly sexually harass your small breasts and uh, evidently uh, the judge in New York uh, seen how flat they were
men that like screw these people and their uh, sexual assaults and harassments me that they're trying to cover up all day long and think that I should be the victim of their sexual assaults and harassments that started in the church and I continue on the Trump and his tools and everything we're doing. I even got police reports on this show. I got police reports saying that, hey, this man did nothing but tell me how small my breasts are, how wither they are, um, have people come and check them out and, and check out the topography and take votes on them. It is horrific. So, good luck with that. And then, uh, now they're trying to set some stuff up. I tried to get a restraining order against Elon in California and, of course, Joe Biden hounds everything I do. This man sucks everything I do. So, he goes right before me he knows damn well that I put this in because he watches me and pricing my home. And then he calls him after I turns in and says, like, hey, let's pretend like we're investigating this case. And, and uh, don't don't give her this restraining order yet. We're still investigating it. And so I wrote him this letter, like, how do you know I turned this in in California? For two, how do you know you're investigating this when there's no arrest, no warrant, no case, or anything of it? And then I... I put in my letter too. Uh, not only if you have nothing to investigate as there's no uh, arrest for it or no uh, police report or anything. It was so my message uh, that uh, sexual harassment uh, charges. Uh, you can't even argue that I didn't give you all the information you needed because I put on there before you even commented to me that you have a email to comment to get a hold of me uh, and you have a contact um, that is uh, exact and you don't need my address to pretend like you need to address me on something because you haven't been able to address me yet. And uh, guess what? You've dealt with cases of this over and over and over again. And he comes into your house and just starts taking over your body. And he thinks that you should submit to his mastership like you're his little robot. And he gets mad if you don't bend over for him. Uh, say yes when he says yes. Don't jump when he says jump. And he'll just start lighting you on fire and realize you mean you. And he thinks that he should train you to be his puppet. Only because he broke into your house and wanted to make money off of exploiting you. And so this man literally goes to my brain. and starts uh, deleting chunks of my brain. Giving me amnesia. Starts uh, programming my brain. Starts going through my heart. And then belittles you and demeans you. And then just starts lighting chunks of your brain on fire and brutalizing you. If you don't bend over when he says bend over. Or jump when he says jump. I'm like who the heck are you? All of a sudden you come into my house. And you think you're my owner. Or you're my slave master. Or I'm your little robot puppet. Because you're an idiot that thinks humans should be robots. And this dumb president just gives him access to whatever he wants. However he wants. Violating all kinds of privacy laws. Okay, the franchise laws. Any laws possible, he violates my marriage bed for this dummy. Over and over and over again. Why? Because your wife's too scared of him. Won't tell him no or can't tell him nothing. He's scared of his own, you know, retribution, that retaliation of telling this guy no. So he lets this guy sit here and uh, force me around my own home. Like, he's my uh, robot master. And this guy has such a temper. You've seen how he shattered my vagina and gave me a terminal blow. If you don't, uh, uh, if you say something about him that he doesn't like in the privacy of your home as he lurks in, or if you comment on something that he doesn't like or, or email it or comment a uh, news article, he will have a hissy fit and start lighting you on fire, thinking that he's your puppet master and you're supposed to say you don't obey him and he breaks into your house and tries to kill you. Don't care, this man is completely psycho.
And so now, you know, I just want to um, be like, this guy is about to kill me. I'm like, pleading with God. I'm like, God, I'm not going to die because Andy Stanley was watching me on the cameras in the church and went to Trump about it. I'm not going to die because I protected Mike Baker as he hacked my Wi-Fi for eight years in church and I didn't turn him in. I'm not going to die because they went to the government and started hustling me for trade investments. Like, sorry, God, that's beyond your way. It's beyond your injustice. I did everything you said, and I sat here and waited for these people to get done playing around, get done with their simple time, get done with their fun time, and you did nothing but made me uh, the target of their death and my kids. I'm like, that's beyond your ways, God, and I will take this stealing down with me if I go, because I didn't sit here and harvest man in the church for all these years, only for him to sit there and kill me. And I have a right to kill him because he broke into my house and started killing me and my kids in my own bed. That's defense. And you break into someone's house and you kill them on their bed and you rape their wife and you kill their kids. I have a right to kill you and I will. And you can have a good reason in court to try and justify murdering me. But I will kill you with me because that's second amendment rights and you violated my house. You broke in. You trespassed. And you started murdering me and my kids in my bed. And then Trump over here in his campaigns in California, he just sort of smears your name, like, um, oh, and his endorsements on violence. I'm like, you're still sitting there promoting violence and how dead I am and how uh, hysterical it is that you broke into my house and just started killing me? I'm like, why hasn't the DOJ indicted this man yet for these charges against me? He has done nothing but sat there and lit me on fire and brutalized me in my bed. And I have all the evidence in, in at the DOJ. And he's sitting here making rounds in his campaigns, praying, as AOC said before, the clear incitation of violence that Tucker Carlson lost his job on Fox News for him. And this Trump is sitting here campaigning on violence to me. And I'm like, why has no one indicted this man? What the hell is wrong with your justice system? I will fill out the forms in New York myself and take the court myself. He's a violent criminal and needs to be indicted for brutalizing people on their bed. So guys, uh, like it says in Job, uh, his reply in this long speech starts with a blast of sarcasm against the counselors. And he continues to speak through to them through uh, Job the thirteen nineteen. And then, beginning in 1320, Job turns to God, creating a major break in the speech. This inclination of Job to talk to God, or to pray, is in the notable contrast to the counselors, who never say a word to God. They only talk about him. Now, how are they counselors if they never say a word to him? Yeah, he's always talking to God, always... um. Always in communication with them. Always um, speaking to him and praying to him. But the counselors don't ever talk to him. Never. All they do is sit back and, and talk about him. Right? Behind his back. So we're not sure how they're counseling anything here. We're not sure how they are doing anything here besides watching with their eye on him. Right? And then uh, chit-chatting about the things they see. So then Job goes on to complain, uh, will you bring me into judgment with you? You set your eye on me and you're going to bring me into judgment with you? That's pretty bold. How, how would you put your eye on me and then bring me into judgment with you? 
And that's essentially what these counselors have done. They never talk to Job, right? We don't have any correspondence of them addressing Job or, or corresponding to Job. They only talk about him. And they're so bold to bring him into judgment with them as they put their eye on him. Imagine the chaos they have created. One thing I get mad about is like, um, when you have something that's completely um, ransacked and gone through and, and violated that, you know, was never meant to be for the public, was never meant to be, you know, just think of like the DOJ handing out privacy rights of uh, normal American citizens. And we're talking about your social security number, we're talking about your address, we're talking about your health care, we're talking about your medical records, we're talking about um, uh, your, your purchasings and your credit and uh, very, very specific details of all your sensitive private information um, that's very dangerous for people to have. And this DOJ just hands it out uh, for money, for perks, for incentives, for gain for them, sometimes for free. Sometimes for business uh, incentives and big, big, uh, big pharma, uh, lab corp uh, trials. Sometimes they hand out your sensitive information for uh, big tech trials. So from big pharma to big tech, the DOJ just sells those citizens private sensitive information for whatever uh, governmental experiments they want to do, right? And so uh, when you find this out, and you find out the detail of uh, private sensitive information that this organization that is supposed to be trusted, right? This is um, the attorney general of the federal government. And they're the Department of Justice with over, what do you say, 2,000 people that are supposed to be working together to uh, uphold justice in our nation. And all of a sudden you find out that this person in this department, in this place, is just you know, diluting the American people's uh, privacy, their sensitive information, heinous, heinous detailed information of, of people that you're not even sure how they could get so much detail from you. How do you get access to my medical records? How do you get access to my social security? How do you get access to my finances? How do you get access to, to my minor kids? How do you get access to, um, you know, uh, purchases and credits and and, and retirements and, and um, pensions and you name it, right? And when you find that out and, and not just they have access to it, you know, Attorney General, DOJ, they're selling it to big tech and big pharma for research. And when you hear that, your heart drops and you go into a fear, almost a panic because you're like, just imagine... What these people are doing with this information, and we heard of Google, Google an- Analytics, right? And we've seen how fierce those trackers can be, and the targeting ads can be, and just the analytics of, of what I buy on my receipts all day long. Imagine sensitive, sensitive information now given to these greedy misers for bettering their products, bettering their brand, bettering their name and their company, bettering their pharmaceuticals by trialing it on you because they got your sensitive information without you knowing or consenting. No king. And so there's this level of uh, betrayal, this level of distrust, this level of uh, hurt, this level of anger, this level of uh, you violated me. You feel like you've been raped. 
you feel like your kids have been raped and you feel like, you know, you took something that wasn't yours and you handed it out to everyone and their dog and you got extreme gain off of it and so did they. And Taylor Swift is prancing around stage like she owns it. And you're like, how do you do such negligence and vandalism to human souls and not even flinch? And the arrogance of these people, like I said, uh, the way they prance on their stage, like it's theirs to have. The way they prance around their stage and, and shake it around like it's theirs to obtain. Like, you knew you committed a crime. You knew it was a criminal offense. And you're dancing on it? You got some audacity. And and, and because you engaged in corruption, and because you engaged in criminal activity, you think that's okay? And her response, literally, to stealing my information and using it for a $5 billion uh, tour of me and my past and my information and my life that's copyrighted, is uh, I engaged in corruption, and so uh, because I engaged in fraud and corruption, that should make it okay. Like, honey, because you engage in fraud and corruption, makes you the criminal all the more. Amen? I'm not honoring your fraud and corruption. You should have known better. Did your agent not know better? Uh, where's your mommy? Did she not raise you to know, oh, we don't uh, steal stuff from people and bring it to their house? We don't rob people. We don't break into people's houses. No matter, you know, if the cool kids are jumping off the bridge, we don't all jump off the bridge. Was she never? She was never raised to, to know. Hey, don't jump off the bridge if the cool kids are. Like I don't understand how these people function in the world. How do you not know better? So uh, obviously that's not going to stand. It's not going to work. You should have known better. You're not two, and uh, you're obviously you know. Backed by a ton of uh, lawyers and people. And you should have known better than to engage in criminal activity and corruption. And think that's going to be okay. So nonetheless, you know, this DOJ is handing out sensitive information, private information to people. And you're like, how do you uh, think it feels? And so you're like, uh, a part of you is like, you stole a piece of me. And it's kind of like, you know, when you uh, when you give yourself to someone uh, sexually, emotionally, physically, spiritually like that. They take a piece of you with them and you feel like they robbed you of you. And then you have all kinds of, you know, especially if it's outside the context of marriage, then you feel like you have some kind of obligation to them, some kind of attachment to them now, some kind of uh, debt to them now, right? You feel like you took my, you took a piece of me. And so, you know... You're like, well, how do you take a piece of someone and just kick it around, trash it around, and, and spin it around like it's nothing? And so you see how when we do stuff outside of God's design, and when we do stuff that's sinful, and we do stuff that's criminal, and we do stuff that's not meant to be the way uh, God designed our privacy laws to be, um, there's this, uh, this dent in this hole in this void that um, you need to uh, try to... Uh, um, figure out how to get yourself back. And, and this happened back when Mike Baker hacked my Wi-Fi. I forgave him. But I felt like he took so much of my privacy and just started passing it around and spurning me around and disgracing me and humiliating me and belittling me. And I was like, I forgive you and, and, and I love you and I love the church, but it's not okay 
for you to just do that to me and think um, you didn't just take a piece of my soul. And so there was this weird uh, uh, attachment where I was like, he needs to make this right. Or something good has to come out of this. Or God has to use this for, for some purpose. How do you just steal from someone's privacy like that and, and kick it around and then, um, you know, not make it right? So you see how there's like so much uh, involved in taking and stealing and destroying people's lives and souls and privacy. Privacy is huge. And, and you know, you um, uh, have this uh, void now that you don't know how to um, get yourself back. It can't be. You can't get it back, right? And I tell my sister, you know, we grieve. We mourn the loss of what was. And yes, it's a, it's a mourning and a sadness because it'll never be the way it was, right? But we can't get stuck in it and we have to look to what God has to do still and what God's going to do still. And, and shoot, I've been waiting eight years, still waiting, still waiting, persevering. God, you got some good purpose in this. God, you got some good plan in this. God, I know you're going to work some great miracle in this. God, you got some, some, some great work still. And at times you're just like, you know what? You waited so long for God to come through. You didn't do uh, any um, offensive moves. You just sat there with defense all day. And this guy literally came and just stomped all over your back. And now he's going to kill you for the things he's done to you. And that's not God's design either. He just wanted you to sit back and let this guy take advantage of you and take advantage of you. And Jesus came. And, and while, you know... Laws back then, especially in the Jewish culture, were very oppressive to women. What did Jesus do? He upheld women. He gave women rights that, that they never had before. He, you know, uh, talked to women. He uh, healed women. He um, established women. And so it's like, you know, uh, oppression is always um, a big, big thing. But it's like, if you just sit back and let someone keep oppressing you and keep oppressing you, Jesus didn't come and say, hey, women, just let these men oppress you. He came and added dignity to him, added value to him. And he said, you are um, a daughter, you know. And so it's like, how much more um, should we begin it, right? In the church where these guys just take advantage of you over and over again. Think that you're just supposed to sit back and let them. It's like at some point you're like, well, pigs aren't going to fly. No one's going to help you. You need to do something offensive. Instead of sit back with defense all day long, waiting for this guy to get done throwing rocks at you. Because he's not going to stop throwing rocks at you until he kills you. And that's his goal. So it's kind of like, man, I wish I, I knew that sooner. And I wish, like, you know, I would have um, turned him in a lot sooner before he got so much power to just sit back and take advantage of me in the situation. You wouldn't think a preacher. These are, what do we say, treachery, treacherous situations a preacher has a a name before the community and a standing before the community of honor and and, rep, and a reputation to um be trusted to do good to the people and to the community and to the flock and so uh, a teacher um a preacher uh the president you know government uh governors essentially these people are supposed to be there to help people they're supposed to be there to help the community these organizations are established to better the people, right? 
when you have treachery, like my constituent, um, Darren LaHood or, you know, um, the governor or some of these people that are in these positions, like my baker, and you trusted them and you thought that they were for the good of, of the church and for the good of the society and for the good of the, of the town. And you find out, no, they just want me, me, me. And they will destroy you to get whatever they need or want. There's this level of treachery, treachery that they violated. And that goes with their shepherdhood. Like you are a shepherd for the sheep and you have been treacherous with that. And so, you know, there's a lot that goes into that. And you're just like, you know, how do you keep uh, keep hoping that God was going to bring something good out of this? And, you know, I was playing with God this morning because I'm like, you know what? Are you going to let me die for this man of sin because I didn't turn him in? Are you going to let me die because I didn't rat Stanley out for looking at me in the cameras? Are you going to let me die because I let this president sit there and, and make, you know, get strong um, racial hate crimes against me? Are you going to kill me because I didn't uh, turn Trump in when he was using these on me all the time? I'm like, are you kidding me, God? Is this my life because I did nothing but, but sit here and, and listen to what you told me to do uh, through all this and now this stupid preacher is going to sit here and kill me because I didn't rat him out when he's peeking at me in the church. I'm like, I'm not settling for that. Like, you know what? Jacob wrestled with God until he got blessing. And, uh, you know, I'm going to wrestle with you until you bless me too. And I'm not going to sit here without a vision. You're going to have to give me a promise to look forward to. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend like, you know, maybe you'll have something good. Like, no, you told Abraham what will happen and you reminded him throughout the course of his years over three four times you reminded him so he wouldn't forget it's like remind me god or your word will fall and you haven't given me a concrete promise and you keep changing it it's like you need to remind me otherwise i will you know take this man to court get a detective i mean eye for eye you broke into my house and killed me on my bed i have a right to defend myself and the price in my home is you violate me and break my house. So, you know, I'm just like, I'm not settling for that. And you, you, you know, how my kids, that's even another level, you know. So all I have to say is like, no, I don't need, need your business card. It's like you stole so much that it's like uh, there is this huge void now that hasn't been paid back. And there's this huge void that hasn't been um, restored. And it's like, how do you, you know, take that and not um, just keep using it for your billion-dollar industries, right? It's kind of like, how do you keep uh, harming someone and taking someone and destroying someone? Um, and just thinking that, oh, they need you. It's like, no, you take advantage of people. That's what that is. And nonetheless, you know, all these structures from the outside to the great courtyard, from the foundation to eaves, were made of blocks of high-grade stone cut to size, smoothed on their inner and outer faces. The foundations were laid with large stones of good quality, some measuring 10 cubits, some 8, and above were high-grade stones cut to size. Cedar beams, the great courtyard was surrounded by a wall of three courses of dressed stone, one course of trimmed cedar, uh, cedar beams, and was the inner courtyard of the temple of the Lord with its portico. 
if that describes the detail of what they designed. So guys, you know, if you marry a Jewish man, and like I said, there's a lot of Iranian Jews, especially um, as refugees here in America. And a lot of the Iranians that came to America as refugees are, are Jews um, from a long time ago when the Islamic Republic uh, took over. And um, in fact, they have so much old money, they go straight to Beverly, <laughs> Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills. They don't, you know, meddle in uh, uh, sanctuary cities. <laughs> but nonetheless, a lot of the Iranians that are in America are um, Jewish uh, refugees, right? And so um, we have Jewish Iranians from even back in Nazareth's time. Nonetheless, this Stanley has been trying to say that you need to marry a, a Jewish man and convert to Judaism. And that's how you are brought in my church. And, you know, when you are a Christian, you marry a Jew, you have to either convert to his religion or you can't marry him. And so this was what Stanley is imposing on me. He's saying that you need to learn Jewish practice, Jewish history. And I know Jewish history, but you need to become a Jew. And he's imposing Jewish beliefs on me. Uh, and then uh, and then he says, uh, I might welcome you in the church. I'm like, well, what's the difference then if I married a Jewish man? Essentially, you're saying that uh, I need to marry a Jewish man to be accepted by you as a Christian. But it's just so hilarious because we already had this um, council in Acts 15 when the first church was established. And there was a big problem with Gentiles being brought into the church. And we established that, no, you don't need to convert to Judaism first. You go straight to being a Christian. This is a, a problem in the first church. And so I'm like, well, Stanley, how would it be then if I married a Jewish man? What would you say? And there's, you know, Christians today that have to renounce their Christianity uh, to marry a Jew because the Jews want to marry within their religion because of their, their history. And so, you know, um, this table that Stanley's at is so confused. They're so uh, disordered in their teachings and their religious uh, practices that they don't even know what they're making confident assertions about and what they're even asking here. And let me tell you, um, you know, um, if, um, I was going to say, he keeps insisting that I need to be a Jew first and then convert to Christianity. And let me tell you, this isn't because, um, my, uh, church history is off, my Jewish history is off, I don't know the Bible. Uh, I don't have a, a, a huge, huge sign of a changed, repentant life. I'm um, not walking in the faith. I haven't uh, made disciples of disciples. I haven't, uh, um, you know, edified the church at large with my spiritual giftings. No, no, no. This is solely to satisfy one man's bigotry. One man is a bigot and he insists I please it. He came and targeted me, made me his target, and he says I need to uh, continually please him and his bigotries. Not, not so I can be bright in the church. Not so I don't want. I'm not in his church. I don't go to his church with me in Atlanta. I don't have anything to do with his church. Um, I'm not going to any church here. I don't want anything to do with any of these churches. Uh, solely. To please this man's bigotry. 
And he keeps insisting I need to bend over and bend over and bend over every time he claps because he's such a dirty bigot that whenever he tells me to bend over, I need to jump for him to please his ego and his bigotry. Like, Stanley, I did it for eight years in that church. I'm not going to please your bigotry anymore. It's time you grew up, you mature, get on your knees in your prayer, prayer closet and get right with God. How old are you? When are you going to put off your sin, preacher? And he keeps thinking that I need to please his bigotry to be accepted by him in the church. Who the heck are you? You go ask my Christian friends in Europe. Do you think they're going to go to Andy Stanley to see if his church approves of them? You ask my Christian friends on my Bible study from Canada. Do you think they're worried if Andy Stanley's little church here approves of their, their Christianity? Does Andy Stanley make them a Christian? Does Andy Stanley uh, liking of them approve of them before God? Like Paul says, I praise God. I didn't baptize any of you but guys, right? And so it's like, uh, it's not, you know, man, it's, it's Christ. And this Stanley wants the power of thinking he's the gatekeeper. He wants the power of thinking that, you know, the sheep have to go through him. Like, Stanley, the church is bigger than you, and it's worldwide, and no one across the world wonders what Andy Stanley thinks about their faith. And if he's going to freaking welcome them or not. They don't, get, they don't care. I have um, great, great Christians in... Um, the Congo. And you know what? They're not worried about how Andy Stanley does a uh, tradition in America. And, um, you know what? I have great, great friends, uh, Christians. I, I met them in, in the, I have conversations with the stock shelf stockers and workers in my grocery stores and stuff. And he's a great Christian. Uh, and he's from. That one was from Congo. This one is from Nigeria. He's like, you would be amazed how people think so little of, of Nigeria and Africa and stuff. He's like, you know what? He's not worried if Andy Stanley likes how they do church in Nigeria. And you know, Stanley, they're not worried about your Jewish history and practices in Nigeria. And they're not worried about how Andy wants to save uh, Jewish History Month in Nigeria. It doesn't even cross their mind. They're not worried about it. And somehow this man has a bunch of horny old men at his table that don't know the difference between left or right. And they can't, they can't, they're tossed around like little kids still. For the sake of, you know, uh, weightier matters, evidently. And they have gone to great lengths to destroy the church for the sake of their free meal. And so this man has done great harms thinking that I should bend over to please his bigotry. And I'm like, Stanley, I'm not going to satisfy your racism. Go to the Congo and see if they will. Go to my friends in, in China and see if they will. Go, go to the Iraqi Christians. See if they will, buddy. I don't think the, the global church is worried about Andy Stanley and his church uh, uh, etiquette. 
So I'm not sure why you target me, why you think I should be uh, pleasing your bigotry and your ego, and why the whole world needs to stop for you and Joe Biden backing you up all day. It's a disgrace. Joe Biden needs to uh, be a president of a multi-ethnic nation as a Democrat in a Democratic nation. And he needs to be loyal to his own party and his own calling. Instead of trying to get uh, gain for uh, his war on terrorism that he should have got over by now and should have got counseling if he can't seem to get over it. Maybe he needs some PTSD uh, medication or something, some counseling with that. Because quite frankly, Joe, not every Middle Easterner is a terrorist. And maybe you should uh, surround yourselves with some more uh, Muslims so you can uh, get to know them better and not think that they're out to kill you all the time, that they're uh, uh, imposing themselves on your uh, democracy. Literally posting stuff like, oh, this anti-Semitic is anti-Semitic. It's like, Joe, not every Muslim in this country is out to harm you. In fact, most Muslims in this country aren't here to harm you. And, um, in fact, you know, if you, um, you know, see multi-ethnic uh, nations that way, or if you see um, Muslims that way, or if you, you know, can't um, seem to get over some um, trauma you had as a child, and you need some counseling and some help with, um maybe some of the uh, abuse you had or some of the um, trauma you had from uh, Muslims and that you think that they're coming here to um, uh, impose their views on you or brainwash you or take over your ideals or they're out to kill the Jews here and they're anti-Semitic and and, uh, they um, are trying to, uh, you know, bring chaos to your nation. Uh, Maybe you should, you know, get to know a couple and, and ed- educate yourself a little bit more of what your context is as this nation is very much diverse. And maybe you should, you know, educate yourself and, and get in the trenches a little bit and learn the context of your democracy, Democratic Republic, because obviously, um, you know, that's not the case and they're not all here to try and to kill Jews. Have, have, where, did you see any anti-Semitism? It's like our border crisis. Have you seen any Jews getting hurt anymore, guys? Our Jews are, are probably the richest percent in, in the industry, um, especially in the entertainment industry. They're not, you know, um, you know, in, in little refugee camps hiding for their lives from Muslim extreme Muslim extremists in our country. They're running the entertainment industry. I'm like, there's not a whole lot of anti-Semitism going on, buddy. Just like there's no one, you know, waiting at the border. It's your uh, bigotries, once again, thinking everyone's out to get you. You're not the victim. It's like, uh, North Point Church. Uh, if, a, if a president or a king comes into your church and says, Guys, the president's coming today, and he decreed that he should be allowed to fondle your little kids in daycare and touch them, and you take, take an oath to not tell anyone about it. What do you think the church should do? Well, what they have done is said, okay, I guess we're under oath and he took a decree to touch the kids. So bring your kids to church today, guys. The president's going to come and molest them. And we don't have a choice but to let him molest them because by golly, he decreed it and we took an oath. Right, Rick Holiday? 
So these guys, instead of being a church, uphold the king and his child mutilations and uh, sexual assaults of women. Because by golly, they swore an oath to, to his allegiance to uh, let him do what he wants with their kids. Never in the history of the church have we had a church that's done that much evil as you have in upholding wicked governments. You need to answer for the history you're paving today. Hey guys, Lily Cheek. Thank you for joining me on my podcast and my memoir and journal documentation of my events of my life. And I just want to continue our Hamlet Island series here in detail um, how um, a lot of these Christian radios, especially, and other radios are um, promoting lies and smear to cover uh, obviously the church and their big uh, scandal of corruption that they're involved with as, you know, it would be uh, wrong for a nonprofit uh, charity to go to a president, two different presidents, that is, and have them campaign their causes and push their political ideologies in their politics. And that's what essentially uh, Annie Stanley and East Street Church has done. And it now spread to the whole political uh, world and throughout the church world. And so many of these churches now have to back each other up in their crimes and then aid and embed in the murder and um, stalking and sexual assaults of a mom and kid and her husband uh, because Elon Musk can't control his drive and his uh, need to be uh, power hungry and essentially competing against Trump on who has the most creativity in violating and abusing women and kids. And so, <clears throat> excuse me with that, um, you know, uh, this man wants to keep acting like he should get permits to um, harm me. He should get licenses to uh, traffic me and deal me. Uh, he should f- further his investment purposes after we bailed out his San Francisco Valley Bank to uh, continue to exploit uh, people that are married and want nothing to do with him and have restraining orders, protective orders against him. He thinks he should still be in your house lurking on you unlawfully without a FISA court ruling. Right? We, we got on with the terms of a FISA court and what rulings you need to get those. Somehow this man thinks that he should still unlawfully surveillance you and your kids and record everything you see, do, and hear for his investment purposes and AI um, opportunities. Well, obviously, um, <clears throat> he uh, has made up all kinds of lies about your past and pretend like you're scandalous. It's like, no, sir. You lusted after Trump and governors and commanders and even called uh, Iranis in their own country and had them come into your house and defile you in your own bed and pursued them in other countries. Men with turbans swaying in the air. And you called them in their own Arab nations and told them to come lust after you and defile you. Uh, And we've gone through your playback and we've seen uh, the exposures that you've been through. You're not innocent, honey. Give it up. And so, obviously, you know, this man has been done pretending like I did something so horrific and I need to offer my firstborn son for my sin that Christ already forgave me of, which is what? Oh, yeah. I had a boyfriend when I was 19 who was uh, on on some substances or whatever. And uh, for some reason, Andy Stanley thinks that's unforgivable in the church because he's a deadbeat, uh, pedigreed, sad sack. Uh, raping another man's wife up here for eight years and can't be accountable for his own fucking right hand or his right eye and thinks I should have to be accountable for it and my kids should be accountable for it. Don't tell her husband, judge. Did you know he's married? 
He, he didn't tell my husband. Your Honor, did you know this has been going on behind my husband's back with your government? And this church for eight years? And they didn't think my husband should be consulted in any of their law cases. They ran to your mommy. But Mr. Biden, his uh, DOJ, didn't think to ever uh, consult your husband, nor did the church. We're getting his plethora of uh, court cases here. Now, I don't think you need to be a rocket science, Elon Musk, to uh, uh, rocket scientist to put two and two together. But you can uh, probably, um, you know, deduce from that, that, derive from that. There's probably a good reason why they made sure the whole town gaslights and blackmails your husband, including the police, on what is going on here. And this man has uh, has the whole U.S. Postal equipped with what to deliver, what not to deliver. I put police reports in and all kinds of things. I'm hoping they got there because I'll put them in again if they didn't. And he thinks he should harbor all his abuse on you and your kids because, by golly, he knows it's wrong somehow. And then he's going to sit there and trash talk you like you did something wrong or like you're so bad or like you have some past or like you're uh, promiscuous. Meanwhile, this guy is still in my house, Your Honor, and hasn't left. And has no right to be here. Not sure how that works. So I repeat, let no one take me for a fool. But if you do, then tolerate me just as you would a fool. You tolerate fools, all right. You can tolerate me, too. In fact, you, you came into my house. You can come and go at your pleasure. You're not subjugated to this, buddy. Get the hell out. So that I may do a little boasting in the self-confident boasting that I'm not talking as the Lord would, but as a fool. Since many are boasting in the way the world does, I too will boast. (laughs) You gladly put up with fools since you're so wise. In fact, you even put up with anyone who enslaves you or exploits you or takes advantage of you and puts on airs or slaps you in the face. To my shame, I admit that we were too weak for that. We're not putting up with that. Whatever anyone else dares to boast about, I'm speaking like a fool, I also dare to boast about. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm out of my mind to talk like this. I am one more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been in constant on the move. I've been in danger from the rivers. Danger from the bandits. Danger from my fellow Jews. Danger from the Gentiles. Danger in the city. Danger in the country. Danger at sea. And danger by false believers. I've known hunger and thirst and have been gone without food. I've been cold and naked. And besides everything else, I face the daily pressure of my concerns for all the churches. Who's weak? And I do not feel weak. Who's led into sin, and I do not inwardly burn? If I must boast, I will boast about these things that show my weakness. The God and Father of my Lord Jesus, who is to be praised forever, knows that I am not lying. In Damascus, the governor under uh, King Aretas had the city of Damascus guarded in order to arrest me. But I was lowered in a basket from a window on the wall and slipped through his hands. So, are you a Jew? Well, I'm a better one. And what's the commendation of Paul's ministry? 
uh, the persecution he faced for being a Christian. How are you a better Jew? How are you a better Christian? Oh, the Bible says, uh, I'm white. Daddy! No. It was the persecutions and the hardships he went through for the sake of the name. For bearing the name of Jesus. That's what made him a better Christian. So you gotta know the Bible and know know what you're talking about. You can't just make shit up as you go because you feel like you're better. What makes someone a better Christian? It's not because you had a daddy. It's uh, being on the front lines and what you experienced uh, in the trenches as a Christian versus sitting and relaxing in your comfy seat watching the show. So, um, yes, uh, I'm not putting up with this man. Spurning my name, a good name, should be acquired more than wealth. He's not spurning my reputation anymore. He will be accountable for his own actions and he will stop violating my marriage bed and my kids. Amen? I'm zealous for my marriage, zealous for the period of my marriage, zealous for my kids, and zealous for my family. And I won't quit until you butt your hands and your eyes out of it. And uh, Trump, it's not like you're innocent. Was your, with your wrath against, wrath against the rivers? Was your anger against my mountains? Why did you split the hoof in half and let the water run down? Why, why did you circumcise it, Trump? Why did you burn it and cauterize it, Trump? Huh? What were you so angry about? Why? Why would? Why would the waters make you mad? Why do they turn on heels when they sink low and crumbled? Why did that make you mad, Trump? And then you just pass the keys along to your uh, extension there. Well, you should have been angry over my seas or my mountains. You should have never even known them. Shame on you for considering them. But exclude the outer court. Don't measure it. It's been given to the Gentiles. Don't even measure it, he says. And he'll have it for 42 months. And then it'll be appointed by uh, my two witnesses. And they'll prophesy for 1,260 days. And the waters will be turned to blood. Your projecting walls, you each had your own home in there. You measured it constantly. And uh, you measured the length of the inner sanctuary. It was 20 cubits width and cubit, 20 cubits across. The end of the main hall, he said to me, This is the most holy place. Then he measured the wall of the temple and it was 6 cubits. Uh, thick each side room or the temple of the temple are four cubits wide the side rooms were three cubits and one above another uh, 30 on each level there are ledges all around the wall so we see how obviously uh, he did some measuring and he had projections you can tell my husband anytime, Stanley. John MacArthur, didn't you think at some point uh, the church has some kind of duty 
to tell my husband, hey, we're watching you and your wife and your kids. Hey, we hear you. Hey, we can even uh, hear and watch you. Hey, we could touch you and defy you. Hey, I'm sorry this happened to you with the government uh, after Stanley went there for covering his sexual sin in the church, as detailed in your letter by the mayor. But uh, our church is responsible now for everything that happened to you because of his corruption scandal. Don't you think at some point your church should have took on your responsibilities? You fly your nest, you leave your nest, you lose your protection, Stanley. We attested too many times. We have letters written to the seven churches, and especially John MacArthur, with things that you've seen and heard and things to come. And that's, you know, what God's coming to do many, many times since. And with that, you know, we had detailed, um, you know, the vitamin C that Trump pumped in me constantly because he gave me cancer. And the vitamin C that um, was supposed to supposedly help that. And then also, um, you know, he put roots in my kids' teeth at the local dentist here and shoved it in their actual gum, uh, had it sent to the dentist, and had the dentist take out a perfectly good tooth and put a root in there. And that's how these guys can track my kids. So this was your fault. You did this. And you had my doctor and the dentist um, put these in. So there's a big part that you're still responsible for. That they're being tracked and harassed and abused. For our president. And, you know, Joe has been charging off of these unlawful roots that Trump put in. Charging um, charges against us. Because Trump put in roots in my local dentist and their gums for fun time. It's horrific. Okay, guys. Um, I just wanted to add a little bit more to our journal here. Um, so obviously we see the cancerous devastations and effects this guy has done to my body and how he won't even let me get an accurate lab result. He plays mind games with you, you know. They have witnesses tell you all over social media that you have cancer, uh, colon cancer, uh, leukemia, uh, breast cancer, tumors, and all that stuff, yet he won't let your labs come back to give you an accurate assessment so you can get uh, treatment or diagnosis. Diagnosement of these things so he plays like horrific mind games with what he does to your body at night and the state of your body and the conditions of it and leaves you for dead with that and then on top of that it's like um you know uh yes he has done my sister as well and even uh, my kids and um to uh you know regarding my christianity if you want to know if i'm qualified or not um, I am, you know, made a, a mockery and blasted in the privacy of my home. Like, hey, let us come, you know, make a, a jest and a mockery of the convert. I'm like, if you want to see uh, a TikTok Christian, y'all, you should watch these pastors. They're raping women by night. They're cutting them. They're burning them. They're lighting them on fire. They're vandalizing them. They're doing corruptly. They're hanging out with Gentiles, bringing Gentiles into the church on circumcised and heart and, 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 and body and they're the ones that are hiding behind that hypocrite mask all the while pretending like I'm not good enough right or right, here's one guys if you want to see a good Christian and you're worried about me and my Christianity Sonic Howell as you had on your America's Got Talent you should see uh, the Pope 
if you think I'm like a, a new take on Christianity or you think I'm frustrated in Christianity, Simon Cowell, do you see what the Pope does at night in my home? He's a frequent flyer and has a monthly ledger in my house. Okay, this is in the Vatican uh, as, as a symbol of Christianity. So you all are sitting there looking to me like I'm uh, questionable, sketchy, my Christianity. I'm like, are you kidding me? Did you, for- Roman government, did you forget CIA why you are here? You should be questioning why the hell these priests have still not got their head out of their ass eight years later, sir. And you should be questioning what the hell's wrong with these men that they went into a field that they can't even uphold a quote-unquote foundation, that they can't uphold a quote-unquote lifestyle, and that they can't walk. Right? We got many religious people. My mom is very religious, she thinks, right? And, and, and like I said, my email to John MacArthur, yeah, Indian people are religious. You might think my mom might be Indian, right? They're both very religious people. That's cute. That's cool. Let's go ask the Indians. What they think about uh, how we should raise our kids? Let's go ask the Indians on how we think we should do uh, marriage and, and how we should do uh, sex and divorce and life. Hmm? They has got an opinion. What's their religious opinion on uh, these things? Stanley? Did, did anyone survey the, the Indians around here? You're leaving out a people group. So we got a lot of religious people, and we got a lot of, uh, you know, comments and opinions on how we should do key, key, key areas of life that Christians have um, set apart as designated uh, uh, unto God holy in these areas in a certain ways. So it's like, well, yeah, we all got some, you know, standard for ourselves, but. At the end of the day, we're not going for religiosity. And if you want to see religion, you want to see religiosity, you should check the throwback pics in my mind that Elon plays. I have a religious journey like Siddharth, y'all. Did you watch my spiritual journey? I mean, I could compete with Siddharth, too. We all got religion. I got journeys. I got breakdowns, right? Elon, did you show him my, my Siddharth moments in life? You know how hard it is to break through religion? It's hard. So let me tell you, uh, if you think if you think you're a Jew, you think you're a Christian, you think you're a son of Abraham, I'm a better one. And I'll tell you why. Far more uh, beatings, far more imprisonments, uh, lashed by the Jews, 40 minus 1, that's one less than death, uh, shipwrecked, in, in danger in the country, danger in the city, danger from Gentiles, danger from Jews, spent sleepless nights, days, cold, hunger, starving, without food. Um, you know, constantly uh, persecuted because my faith is that good. Constantly persecuted because my faith is that real. I don't know how familiar you are with my work and my mysteries and my podcast, but I actually have um, a podcast on this many, many times. Uh, or maybe I didn't podcast that once. The Bible said I did with the church. And it's like, okay, that's just one verse of Paul. That's Paul's commendation of his ministry, right? Because he was um, not at Jesus' feet. He got converted on Damascus Road, knocked off his high horse, right? Seen Jesus, and Jesus told him to go to the Gentiles. Now, this was a Jew among Jew, and he had this mission to the Gentiles, while Peter had the mission to the Jews. And so, um, Paul, you know, kind of uh, 
was on the way to go kill the Christians, he's a devout Jew. Killing the Christians, he's a modern day terrorist. And that's when God stopped him in his tracks and said, hey, 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 um, you're persecuting me, Christ. I want you to go to the Gentiles and share me with them now. And so with that, um, we see his radical change in calling. And then um, also, you know, uh, many times in the Bible we see the first will be last, the last will be first. What does this mean? That was Jesus' whole model. Like, these Jews wanted it, thought they had it, but they didn't seek it by faith. They sought, they sought it by the law, and they failed to obtain it by the law. And so he said, you were first. This was to you. Yes, you rightfully had it first. Yes, I came to the Jew first. Yes, um, I am Jewish to the Jew first. But guess what? You didn't receive me, and you didn't accept it by faith. You accepted it by the, by, um, the law, and you failed to obtain the righteousness by the law. So the first will be last. And the last will be first. Who were the last? Those were the Gentiles. The Gentiles that were the last, they will now be first. They will receive it by faith. This is a consistent, systematic uh, principle in the Bible. So, yes, uh, go to the Gentiles. They'll hear. They spent two whole uh, months there. There's only two years there. There's only expense, right? And welcome all came to him. So, the last will be first, and first will be last. Um, and the Jews objected completely, wanted to throw him off the cliff, wanted to kill him. And many times he's like, hey, you know, I got this parable for you. How about, you know, I, I'm, I'm a hire and I have these servants. I'm paraphrasing here. I have these servants and um, I, I need them for work. Because people used to stand out in the, in, the, in, the, in the town square, you know, wanting someone to hire them for work for the day. So it comes at 6 a.m. I take them. I hire him for, for my whole day's work until, you know, the end of the day when the harvest is in. Another one comes at, at 10, PM, 10 a.m. I hire him. One at noon. One at 5 p.m. One comes at 6 p.m. I hire him, give him the same amount of pay, and he only works for me for an hour. And the Jews are like, hey, we bear the brunt of the, the work and the heat of the day, and you paid us from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. the same amount as you pay the guy that showed up at 6 p.m. to 7 p.m.? Did the package come today? Uh, I said it would. I didn't have him at home. How's your day, little buddy? Good. Missed you. Did you a good day, baby? Mm -hmm. The mom is, but I pee. Mm-hmm. Playing soccer outside. Mm -hmm. And I actually got hit really hard in the oh. eye. Oh, my gosh. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. Landon. By who? It was, it was Rocco, but it was on accident. Okay. He meant to kick it, but it bounced off Zach. And, like, it hit me. You okay? Did you cry, honey? Mm-mm. Okay to cry if you need to. I'm trying to give us these emotions sometimes for a reason. We have nerves and it makes it hurt. Poor little thing. Did it get ice? Let me see. There's just this one. Oh baby. Did you get an ice pack for it? No, but it's not for it's only hurt for the first five minutes. Poor thing. Did you say sorry? I love you. Love you. What's Jasmine doing? She's been very feisty. Goodbye, Fessy. I haven't been home all day. I was recording that.